Greetings. You are listening to the podcast of Ignitus Ministries, and this is your host, Pastor Tom Fillinger, speaking. Today, the focus of the podcast is critical race theory. According to Richard Delgado and Jean Stefanzi's book, Critical Theory and Introduction, the critical race theory movement is a collection of activists and scholars interested in studying and transforming the relationship among race, racism, and power. It not only tries to understand our social situation, but, notice this, to change it. It sets out not only to ascertain how society organizes itself along racial lines and hierarchies, but to transform it for the better. Rising from a Marxist and therefore atheistic and materialistic worldview, critical race theory assumes that racism is ingrained in the fabric and system of the American society. This assumption means that the individual racist need not exist in order for institutional racism to be pervasive in the dominant culture. This presupposition, combined with the Marxist view that all relationships are best understood in terms of power dynamics, causes critical race theory to assert that existing power structures are based on white privilege and white supremacy, which perpetuates the marginalization of people of color. By the way, I despise that term, people of color. It's a racist indicator. All people are people of color. It just depends on what color. Why critical race theory is incompatible with the gospel. Critical race theory, along with every other Marxist ideology, cannot be reconciled with what the Bible teaches about sin and salvation. First, To view all relationships in terms of power dynamics requires that people be seen in terms of the powerful, that is, privileged oppressors, and the powerless, marginalized oppressed. Apart from striking out against God-ordained hierarchies and authority structures by evaluating them as oppressive power structures, this way of viewing the world fails to evaluate people in their primary relationship, which is as creatures made in the image of their creator. So mankind's greatest need is met in the gospel. He who defines the problem gets to define the solution. If the main problem for quote-unquote people of color is that they are inevitably oppressed by structures that are inherently oppressive, then the only solution is to tear down those structures in the pursuit of so-called justice. This way of thinking, at the very least, clouds the fact revealed in the Bible that every person's fundamental problem is that they have sinned against the holy God who created them. This is true for people in any and every category, whether oppressed or oppressor, victim or victimizer, marginalized or privileged. The fundamental need, therefore, of every person is to be reconciled to God. That is exactly what has been provided through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
In other words, mankind's greatest need is met in the gospel. But what about those Orthodox Christians who believe all of this and yet who tell us that critical race theory can be a, quote, useful analytical tool for thinking about race and racism? I'm glad you ask because the most charitable way to describe such Christians is naive. I might even want to add dangerously naive. Why? Because the tool that you choose matters. Even when a problem is properly diagnosed, it can and will be exacerbated rather than solved by addressing it with the wrong tool. Critical race theory comes from a godless, materialistic worldview. It cannot be employed in ways that are true to the ideologies embedded in it without undermining the revelation of God in Jesus Christ. The same is true of intersectionality. Intersectionality describes the way that different types of discrimination overlap in a marginalized or oppressed person's experience. It is the idea that a person's true identity is measured by how many victim statuses you can tell their own. Like CRT, an intersectionality views the world through the lens of power dynamics with a person's social position best understood in terms of discrimination and disadvantage. So the more disadvantaged groups that you identify with, the more oppressed you are. For example, by current measurements, a black man is more impressed than a white man. A black woman is more oppressed than a black man. A black lesbian is more oppressed than a black heterosexual woman, and so it goes. As oppressive categories multiply, so do intersectional values. Currently, white, heterosexual, cisgender, able-bodied Christian males are at the top of the offender list, and those who can claim the most opposite categories are the most oppressed. The more victim statuses a person has, the greater his or her insight into the authority to speak on issues related to justice, oppression, etc. This standpoint epistemology, take note of that term, take note of that term, standpoint epistemology, claims that a person's lived experience and social location provide an almost Gnostic understanding of how the world really works. Why intersectionality is incompatible with the gospel. Like critical race theory, the great problem with intersectionality is the worldview that forged it and is necessarily embedded in it. Intersectionality operates on a sub-Christian worldview that makes no account for God's sovereignty over his creation or his prerogative to order it however he chooses. Intersectionality emphasizes the ways that people differ from each other while ignoring, if not rejecting altogether, what the Bible says about the commonality of the human race. This commonality is seen in three critical ways as taught in the scripture. First, all people are created in God's image. We are all responsible creatures who have come from the same creator. Second, we have all sinned against our creator, 
Paul spends the bulk of the first three chapters of Romans establishing this point. He emphatically declares, for there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Intersectionality says, ah, but there are distinctions, many of them, and they are very important if we're going to help people with their real problems in this world. So, those who promote the use of critical race theory and intersectionality are standing against what the Word of God teaches about the nature of humanity, sin, righteousness, and grace. These ideologies are incompatible with the authority and sufficiency of God's Word, and therefore with the gospel that the Word reveals. They are not useful analytical tools that Christians can employ as if they are neutral. They have ideas and principles embedded within them that are, at best, antithetical to the way of Christ. Furthermore, they are superfluous to the Christian who reads and understands the Bible and is submissive to its inerrancy, authority, and sufficiency. Those terms, my friends, are crucial. Take note. Inerrancy, there are no mistakes in God's Word. Authority, the authority of God's Word is revealed, it is transcendent, and it is incarnate. The Word of God speaks as the Christ of God, and the sufficiency of Scripture means we don't need any analytical tools to help us interpret God's Word. We didn't have any for 2,000 words since the New Testament was completed, and we certainly don't need any now. Please, please be advised and be aware that critical race theory and intersectionality are literally a tsunami that is flooding into the evangelical church. Wokeism is everywhere, and if you deny it, you're somehow a racist and an oppressor. If you're a white man, you're a racist and an oppressor, according to critical race theory and intersectionality and those who promote that as a way of understanding God's Word. So I pray for you, as you listen to this podcast, that you will take heed, that you'll do more research on your own, and that you will be wise and prudent. Be gracious, be understanding. I recommend um, the, the polemic theology that was written by Roger Nicole, which tells you first to understand and then uh, to be understood. So as you confront people with this, make sure that you have accurate facts. But I want to tell you, there is an abundance of facts available. So apply them with grace as you confront this very corrupt process of understanding God's Word. This is Pastor Tom Fillinger closing. Let me pray with you. And I pray for you daily. Father, thank you for the privilege of putting this information into the hands of godly pastors that are leading people 
that may well be corrupted by these systems if they don't have a clear understanding. So grant pastors the privilege and the information to address this so that Christ is glorified. And we pray this together in his name with thanksgiving. Amen.